You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Tuesday edition. It is Twitter Tuesday. We're getting into your Twitter questions on today's program as Cut Down Day looms. Some cuts have already happened. They will continue to come down, so we'll really cover the entire cut day probably tomorrow if there's anything major that happens. Aside from the big bomb that was dropped this morning, by the way, at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL is where you can find Matt and I. we got to start here because in New England, the Patriots have cut Cam Newton, Matt. I did not expect to wake up to that news on this Tuesday morning. Mac Jones, the rookie out of Alabama, the 15th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, has won the job out of camp. And they said, you know what? We didn't want Cam to stick around as the backup. Cam Newton has been cut by the Patriots. Mac Jones, the starting quarterback. What was your initial takeaway to seeing this news, Matt? Yeah, huge news, without question. And my take on it is Mac Jones has played exceedingly well in the preseason. And we knew what kind of prospect he was coming in that, you know, Hardworking, smart, reading offenses, not super gifted, all those things, the Saban-Belichick connection. So as the beat reports have said, apparently he's been extremely impressive behind the scenes as well. So that all adds up. And of course, he is couldn't be any more different than Cam Newton stylistically of what sort of quarterback he is. So I think you go with Hoyer as the mentor that's been a Patriot for a million years and, you know, and Stidham's still around. And really, you're just saying this is Mac Jones's team now because Cam probably could still play. I mean, could the Texans use Cam Newton or somebody use Cam Newton or I even thought Lamar's backup in Baltimore, maybe something like that. But he's a really big personality, you know, and people might not remember this, but when Cam Newton took over as the Panthers starter way back when, they shipped out Steve Smith because Steve Smith was the older, huge personality. You know, like sometimes you just got to get the big personality out of the building. And there's a lot of examples of that to hand it over to the young guy to let the whole world and the whole team know this is Mac Jones's team. Get used to it because this is the way it's going to be, hopefully for the next 20 years like it did with Brady. Um, I also wonder, you know, it did cross my mind, did the COVID stuff and the lat, you know, it doesn't look like he's vaccinated. Did that hurt his cause a little bit? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, did that put him on the, in the doghouse a little bit? Maybe. I, I don't know. I'm just guessing on that. Right. That was the, that was sort of the first inclination because Mac Jones, first of all, was playing so well and he was really looking good yeah. and looking solid in these preseason games and even had his best, saved his best for last, played really good in practice that last week and then had an awesome final preseason game but it was when cam was out with covid jones was working with the starters in practice and jones went like 22 of 23 passing this one day in practice and it was like that was the first day where i thought oh man this could be the thing and i don't know if that really played into it but it seemed like everything you you just mentioned all added up together cam's personality um Saving, you know, a couple million bucks. I think there's at least a million and a half dollars of roster bonuses they'll be saving there. I'm sure they like Stidham maybe as a backup if they knew they were going to go to Mac Jones in week one or eventually. And another part of this is I wonder if when they sat the quarterbacks down and they told... 
Cam Newton, look, uh, Mac Jones won the job. I don't know if it went like that or they just said, well, Mac Jones won the job, so let's just cut Cam and not have not to have mm-hmm. to have that conversation. We'll have a different conversation with Cam instead. Or did Cam say, you know what, go ahead and cut me because I want a chance to maybe play somewhere else that I have a better shot to play. I wonder if Cam had Could a part be. in this to, to maybe even ask for that. Could be. And I remember us talking about it like a year ago before the Patriots signed him because he was on the market for a while just thinking – is Cam cool being a backup? You know, I threw out there, he could be Lamar's backup in Baltimore. Right. He may not agree with me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that sounds great, me sitting in my basement. But he may be like, no, I'm a former league MVP. I'm not backing up anybody. But there's, other than Houston, where's the spot? You know, I mean, I guess we could talk about yeah. that at a later date. Or, you uh, know I, I think mean, we just... go through a couple of those initially. So Houston's obviously the one that keeps jumping up because everyone looks at Houston's like, the roster's terrible. Maybe you could play there. Would even want to go play there. The, the Texans have a rookie, and they have uh, Tyrod Taylor as a stopgap. I don't think Houston, where they're going, it's necessary for them to add somebody who might accidentally add another win to their total, you know? And if that right, player, right. and if it was Cam Newton, would even make that much of a difference with a terrible roster. I, I don't think, really, Houston makes a ton of sense unless it's a really down-the-road sort of a move for them uh, to get better in the future at quarterback or at draft picks or whatever. That's what they should be focused on right now. Um, you mentioned Baltimore. I think that's still in play. Maybe Baltimore, the backup there. Uh, I look at, and actually, here's so uh, the Broncos is one because Teddy Bridgewater, yeah. and obviously, I mean, th- this there was like a little uh, passing in the hallway of the the Carolina Panthers quarterbacks there with Teddy and Cam Newton, and that would be interesting if maybe Cam ended up there with. Uh, with Teddy Bridgewater, but then they would probably have to move Drew Locke. And maybe there would be a team interested in Drew Locke's upside still or something like that. So Broncos possibly. But here's one, and this is from Josina Anderson, who reported, my understanding is the Dallas Cowboys will do their due diligence in reviewing mm. quarterback Cameron Newton's newfound availability per sources. We'll look at it all across the board with additional talent hitting the market, including today. So that's just due diligence, looking at players who get cut from teams, and every team's going to go through every player that's cut and see if they can add them to their roster, see if they make sense. But with the injury stuff and the high-profile team, Cam Newton, Cowboys, Dak Prescott's injury, that one kind of makes the most sense now that I think about it. I like that one. Never thought of it, but I immediately when you said that, I thought, oh, wow, that's a Jerry Jones move. You know, I can just picture Big Cam with the star on his helmet. And, you know, they've brought in T.O. and guys like that that are big personalities mm-hmm. that were great players and made it work to some degree or didn't, but don't care. They still do it anyways. And they they put a certainly a preference or a priority on the backup quarterback. They gave Dalton big money a year ago. And Dak's not 100% out of the woods, you know, physically at this point. There's some similarities in styles. I would think Cam would realize Dak is clearly the guy here. He's like the highest paid quarterback in the league. But it's a good situation for me. I like that because while you were talking, it's funny, I came up with the other three NFC East teams as possibilities, thinking, what if the Eagles hadn't traded for Minshew a day before? Put him in there with Hurts, and that would make a lot of sense. And what about just a backup for for uh, Jones with the Giants? Just because, you know, why not? Yeah. <laughs> and in the, the second half of the season, maybe they realize, well, maybe Cam's probably better than this. And with yeah, right, right. Washington, and then I thought Washington with yeah. the Rivera combination. You know, that mm-hmm. might rock the boat too much. It sounds like they're pretty happy with how things are, but 
you know, I mean, come bring him in as a backup, and when Fitzpatrick throws six picks in week eight, you bring in Cam. <laughs> I think the personality thing with Dak is another one that kind of works because Cam could come yeah. in there. and Because, you know, I'm sure Cam has a—all these players do. They have a big opinion of themselves. He's not going to go back up a, a rookie in Mac Jones. He's not going to want to go back up Teddy Bridgewater, you know, if sure, Bridgewater's sure. got the job. But he might look at Dak and say, you know what, Dak is legit. I can— be cool with being here and helping out. Maybe start if they need me, but I could back up Dak. There's not many there's not many quarterbacks in the NFL that Cam Newton would probably walk into a locker room and say, you know what, I deserve to back up this player. And maybe Dak's one of those guys. Yeah, especially with the money they just gave him too. I mean, it's pretty clear who, who they're dedicated to. They probably wouldn't even have to mention it when they had that conversation. <laughs> and Cam could probably look at it and be like, well, if Dak gets hurt, Man, this is be a heck of a fun offense right. to, to navigate. You know, I mean, it wouldn't be such a bad situation. I like that one an awful lot. Um, I also bumped up. I keep bumping Damian Harris up my list in terms of fantasy running backs. I moved them all the way to twenty with this news, just because short yardage touchdowns and you know dump offs. I, I mean, I, I just keep moving some of these guys up because of the quarterback changes. Does this help someone like Johnny Smith? I was thinking that. Um, I also think Jacoby Myers is the clear number one targeted receiver um, in short, concise throws. I'm pretty high on John New Smith anyways. That's why I didn't do anything about it. I have him at 12. I think he's somebody that Belichick will use extremely well. So it doesn't hurt him. I mean, if anything, it helps him. Yeah. And he was already a tight end one for you, a back end tight end one. Yeah. I mean, he's right there with. Tanyan and Engram and, you know, Irv Smith was in that neighborhood before he got hurt and, um, you know, kind of tight end, no man's land, to be honest. But I, I like him. I own him in a bunch of dynasty leagues, actually. A couple quick notes. We'll talk more about Mac Jones because I think tomorrow with the cuts and, and we had planned on Wednesday talking more about the rookie quarterbacks and really just sort of evaluating the, the preseason and training camp as a whole for all those rookie quarterbacks where they're going into week one. And this obviously changes a little bit for Mac Jones, but didn't change how he played. And one of my big takeaways from this this morning is there was a lot of pundits and a lot of people out there sort of flexing and, and sort of really going in on Mac Jones and was like, why would your opinion of Mac Jones change from yesterday to today? Like you should have right, been flexing right. about Mac Jones when he was playing well in preseason games, not because Cam got cut, right? That had nothing to do with Mac Jones. So that was a little odd seeing people it's like when uh, someone gets in an argument in a bar and then says that's right that's what i thought as the other person walks away and walks out the door and they can't hear you anymore it's like you know <laughs> talk the trash to their face you should have been all in on mac jones yesterday after that third preseason game and like look this body of work this is mac jones as a stud he should be the starter not like after cam gets hurt and he's like oh yeah now uh now, now you can flex on on mac jones stuff so uh, that, that was a little bit odd i saw oh, a lot God. of that today and mac jones won the job with his play on the field he didn't and, and everybody knew he was going to start at some point so if this happened in week two or week eight we knew mac jones was drafted 15 for a reason and at some point this year like all these rookie first round quarterbacks is going to start so let's see how these yeah. guys play in the regular season season two versus the vanilla defenses they're seeing in preseason football as well. Yeah, that's that's well said. And you definitely did see a lot of that. Oh, I called this all along. I mean, you had nothing to do with it, whoever it was. You know, like you said, it's like a, a bar <laughs> fight when somebody yells as you're walking out the door. Yeah. Um, along those lines, I, it's sort of similar, but I, I heard Greg Cosell, I think he was on Ross Tucker's podcast. He was talking about Trey Lance and Justin Fields' preseason performance. And we are going to talk about these guys this week. And he said... Everyone's so excited. I mean, I'm putting words in Greg's mouth, but everyone's so excited about how well 
Lance and Fields run and all the plays they make with their legs. Like that, we knew that, you know, that's like right. saying, wow, Jalen Waddle's fast. Like we knew these things. <laughs> I mean, did you think they got slower? You know, I mean, we need to see the, the other stuff, you know, don't talk about how well he runs. We know those things. Absolutely. Okay. It's going to be fun to talk about those rookie quarterbacks tomorrow. And uh, my opinion of how they looked and how ready they are sort of changed throughout the preseason. And it was fun to watch these guys get better and better and progress in, in that short time. So, you know, that's going to continue to happen during the regular season as these guys go on throughout their career and how they look now and how they looked on draft day and how they'll look five years from now is going to all be completely different. Two more very quick notes here. And we got to move on to the questions, but Mac Jones versus Tua Alabama QBs on opening day, Patriots Ah. Dolphins. That'll be fun. That's very fun. I didn't know that. A couple fun matchups. I just started looking at the week one schedule for the first time yesterday. I mean, Sam Darnold against the Jets. You know, there'll be some cool stuff. I mean, I can't wait. It seems like it's a little far away, and I don't want to get too excited, but week one's going to be awesome. Absolutely. One more quick note. This one from Josh Dubow of the Associated Press. If So Mac Jones joins Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson as week one starters, it looks like, as, as rookie quarterbacks. It's just the second time since the merger that three-plus rookie quarterbacks will start in week one. 2012, five quarterbacks did it. Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin III, Ryan Tannehill, Brandon Whedon, and Russell Wilson. Wow. I, I never would have got that trivia. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking the Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield year. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, wow. And Kirk Cousins is sitting on the bench that year behind Griffin. You know, right, yeah. And he would start a game that year, or maybe two games, I think, that year with Washington. But Russell Wilson was the hard one because he was the third rounder and still won the job out of camp. Yeah, a better quarterback class than people realize. I mean, oh, yeah. Luck, Cousins, Tannehill, Russell Wilson. Pretty good. Pretty good, even with the the quarterbacks that busted that year. Right, right. I mean, when you look at the body of them, that's pretty good. I mean, Russell Wilson's good to the Hall of Fame. I think Luck would have. Um, you know, Cousins is a good starter, and Tannehill's better than Cousins. All right, a couple more quick notes from the beginning of cutdown day. The cuts will be finalized. We'll talk a little bit more about it tomorrow, along with those rookie quarterbacks, and we'll get to your Twitter questions next. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning back to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start this 2021 season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now. At Bet Online. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. From football to basketball, boxing, and your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. A couple of veteran players are going to have to start the season on the injured list, and so uh, the pup list means six weeks at least for star wide receiver Michael Thomas of the Saints and Stephon Gilmore as well, right, for the New England Patriots. We've talked a lot about the Patriots already today. Uh, will be on the pup list to start the season. So those guys will miss the first six weeks. Yeah, uh, very good. Uh, not surprising at all on Thomas. Um, Gilmore's done next to nothing, and there were some rumblings that he was a little unhappy too and was linked to trade stuff at some point over the last you know 
uh, six months or so. But we're going to see more and more of these. I mean, we're recording this noonish Eastern on Tuesday, and everyone's for, you know formulating their uh, final rosters here, you know, forming their final rosters. And there's going to be some IRs and pups and stuff like that. But Thomas is no shock, and you know, all you fantasy owners, we're going to wait no matter what for him. Right. And yeah, there's a lot of like sixth and seventh rounders trading places right now with with teams trying to finalize those rosters and getting things in place and adding a special teamer here or a backup running back there. So we'll see all that stuff sort of settle here in the next few hours. Uh, one more quick Saints note, uh, and this this is like sort of gone under the radar a little bit as far as football goes because Hurricane Ida coming through Louisiana and Sean Payton said today, I believe, or, or maybe yesterday, that the Saints will be playing away from New Orleans for at least a month because of the damage done there. So that's, that's a, a rough start to the Saints' season. Very. I mean, you think about last year, how a team like New Orleans or Minnesota that's so loud in a dome didn't have their fans and what an advantage they had before that. Now the, the Saints are going to have to wait, and I feel for the fans. I mean, they're such awesome fans, and they're loud, and they've been a very successful team. And, of course, there's bigger things than football at play here. I understand that, but I'm here to talk about football. That stinks. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just the short the short side of it. It stinks. It's harder for the Saints. I mean, football coaches and teams hate changing up their routines and get you know de- dealt curveballs, and it happened so much last year. From what I saw, though, there was no Superdome damage or anything like that. Everything was fine there, so it's not like they're not going to have a home when everything else around. I think it's just you know structural and, and what happened there in the city, and not all of those were home games for the first month anyway. So um, they'll be back home soon enough. But as a rough start and makes things a little bit more difficult. It's like you have a, a month-long training camp where the seasons where the where the games count. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, you're 100 percent right. I mean. And side Saints note, I think we all knew this, but it was official that Jameis is the starter. And yes. That's that's the right move in my right. opinion. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty obvious from jump, I think, from for a lot of people. Uh, let's yeah. go to the questions here. And shout out to all the listeners that made the Peacock and Williamson Fantasy Football League, including Joshua here. He says, what are the chances Big the winner? Big draft tonight, uh, dude. Big draft. Oh, the draft's coming tonight, too. And <laughs> there are some questions here about our fantasy strategies and you know what i don't want to duck away from these oh, questions I, I, I the the listeners definitely have an advantage when it comes to knowing our strategies in this league matt by the way i'm picking fourth you're picking seventh how do you feel about those draft spots i feel good about that draft spot that's actually the first i've heard that i feel bad i should have checked that out earlier um for my home league with all my buddies and i'm going away this is labor day weekend it's my favorite week of the year um we pull cards and you get to pick your draft spot and mm-hmm. the draft spot I wanted was nine. I ended up with nine. So as close to nine ish as I can get makes me happy. So seven will work just fine. All right. I'm going to write down a couple of names and see if I get them right for your first two picks. I think I know the direction. I think I've got a good feel for Williamson, but I, I know you haven't told me all your tricks yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty open on these airwaves. <laughs> Joshua says, what are the chances the winner of the Peacock and Williamson Fantasy Football League will be getting a box of Built Bars? I think that's fantastic. I think that's fair to send a box of Built Bars to the winner of uh, the Peacock and Williamson League. High in protein, low in sugar. I bet we could make that happen. I mean, we've gotten some... Actually, I haven't brought this up to you. I assume you're in this boat, too. I've gotten some random... Locked on swag over the last few months here and there that just pop up at my door. There's a backpack here maybe I'll send to the winner with locked on on it. Woo, I love it. Yeah, I I love seeing the swag that we get and and just something pops up. Like a little hat, a little sweater here. uh, Get all kinds of stuff too. So 
that's a lot of fun. The real question from Joshua though is about football. Let's get into this. Given the other, uh, the given the utter lack of receivers in Detroit, is this the year that T.J. Hawkinson leaps into the top tier of tight ends? Well, first off, you know that that locked on swag I mentioned. I'll gladly send to the second place, you know, guy. Once I win the league, I mean, that's oh. that's, that's kind of like winning. The league. Why would you send it to me? That's the question. <laughs> you probably already have one. <laughs> I like it. Keep keep the smack talk coming, everyone. Yeah, yeah. As for Hawk, I'm all 100 percent in. I mean, everyone talks about Kyle Pitts, and I'm very torn, to be very honest, of who my tight end four is: Pitts or Hawk. With Andrews as my six. Um, I think Pitts is a rare, I know Pitts is a rare, rare specimen. And right now I have him ahead of Hawkinson. But it wasn't like Hawkinson was a second round pick. I mean, he was a top 10 draft pick and has right. lived up to it. And target share might lead all tight ends. I mean, I think he'll be right there with like Waller in terms of target share. Because their receivers are bad. It's a very Goff-friendly throw in the middle of the field. No, I think he's a star. I don't care if he's a top 10 pick. Whoever the tight end is in that offense has to be utilized somewhat and yeah, because yeah. of what else is going on on the outside there. And they're going to need to get the, rid of the ball quickly. Uh, I think they'll probably try to run the ball a lot. I think it'll be a tight end friendly offense. You're right. So TJ Hawkinson, and he's a veteran. Like I like Kyle Pitts more. I think Kyle Pitts will be a better fantasy asset in 2022 for sure but you just never know and, and tight ends can take some time and tj hawkinson has a great path to being targeted a ton in detroit no oh, without without question i mean it's kind of a dynasty comment but it wouldn't shock me if those two have clearly more value than waller kelsey those type of guys a year from now i, I hesitate to say kittle because i just think kittle is plays younger and has more in the tank than kelsey and waller our guy Go Pats here had a question about Cam Newton and Mac Jones, and then that question quickly became obsolete. <laughs> uh, but the the rest of his question, and uh, I think somebody had mentioned this, it might have been Go Pats before in previous weeks, talking about the practice squad in the old ESPN podcast days, and your old co-host Roflo. He said he wants us to get Roflo on as a guest and sing some Jodeci. <laughs> we definitely get Roflo back. He's been on before. Um, he's an awful lot of fun and he was a fun co-host that, um, what he'll be the first to tell you was not super NFL knowledgeable, but was kept the thing on the tracks. And he tried some things that were a little odd early on some, some, uh, uh, <laughs> get like spoofs and skits and things like that, that I kind of rolled my eyes out, but we, we found our groove and Roflo's a good friend and a great dude. Yeah. We, we should get him on. He's entertaining for sure. And a good dude. I mean, you guys were breaking ground. It's like, what do we do? Do we sing and dance on this podcast? Do we just go deep into <laughs> right. the 53rd man on every roster? What is this? I mean, this was it was the it was the wild, wild west. It was the beginning of sports podcasting, right? It absolutely was. And I mean, this would amaze people. I don't mean to go down memory lane. There's so much to talk about going forward in the league. This is a July type of thing. But I'd get an email like every Tuesday saying this NFL player is, quote, at the car wash. Do we want him for Wednesday? Most times I'd say no, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, if it was like, I remember Joe Green, Barry Sanders, they, those guys, we said yes. But most NFL players like, nah, we got enough to talk about. Leave them off. We don't <laughs> want them. <laughs> Would you rather hand a long-term deal to Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray? This question from JDS, Ooh. another frequent tweeter into the show. 
both of them worry me durability wise. Uh, you know, we, we saw Kyler was two different players after a shoulder injury last year, and it was two different offenses. I think he's the better passer, though, than Lamar. Right now, I think Lamar's the better player, though. I mean, I'd rather play against Kyler right this second than Lamar. I think Kyler's ceiling as a passer is much higher. The running is similar. The offensive schemes are so different. So I would do it for either without question, without hesitation. But I would like to structure them maybe a three-year deal. You know, not the Mahomes, you know, decade-long deal. Because I just wonder what both these guys will look like after a couple ankle injuries or, you know what I mean? Especially Lamar. That's, but I guess I'd I guess I'd pick Lamar over Kyler just a second. There's I'd pick Lamar. Uh, I, I didn't like the way the second half of the year went for Kyler Murray. I would pick Lamar. No. I wouldn't fight you if you picked Murray. Um, and it's very similar to like a dynasty league. Which one do you draft first? I think Lamar would go first. But maybe yeah. the better, if you're looking at it from a dynasty perspective, maybe the better buy is Kyler Murray because I think there is maybe a little bit more efficiency potential as a passer from Murray. I think they'll throw more, you know, I mean, they're going to spread the field with more receivers. He has DeAndre Hopkins, you know, like, I, I don't mean to simplify it that much because the schemes are so different, but what if Lamar had DeAndre Hopkins, you know, all of a sudden people would be talking about him. He's not very accurate outside the numbers. Just put it up for that guy. He comes down with it. I have a question for you, Matt, a follow-up to this as it pertains to some of the more athletic young quarterbacks we're seeing in the NFL and the trend at the NFL is taking with quarterbacks who can run coming up along with some more of your Twitter questions. RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Convenient self-service at RockAuto.com where you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, jumper cables, even new carpet for your classic cars, your daily driver. Get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer, and best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Folks, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. Uh, it's called Direct Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, shows, whatever you want, all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and the mess and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. 
Um, you can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. I think the elephant in the room here, you talked about Lamar and Kyler and an ankle injury. Like, I think there's going to be somewhat of a an oh bleep moment at some point because one of these guys is going to get hurt running the ball, and you'll realize, oh, yeah, that's why running backs don't matter. That's why you don't draft running backs in the first round. That's when we've seen already three young, high upside running backs that were first or second round picks be lost for the season before it even starts. When a player, whether it's a running back or a quarterback or anybody who gets hit a lot is going to be hurt. And Lamar has done such a good job of not getting hit. These quarterbacks got to get down, got to get out of bounds. As soon as one of these quarterbacks, a high profile quarterback gets hurt running the football, I think there's going to be a little bit of a, a reaction, maybe an overreaction, or maybe a just like, well, let's think about this for a second. Do we, like, if we're going to have our quarterback carrying the football and putting themselves in harm's way, is that the smartest thing to do with our franchise quarterback? Because then you'll end up like the Cowboys were with Dak Prescott getting hurt, and now your season is completely lost, and you are drawing up ways to put this quarterback in danger and you should be with the talent that these guys possess so it's it's a it's a tough question to answer but I feel like there's potential and maybe it'll happen this year and we're seeing more of them there's some young quarterbacks that are super athletic that you should want to run the football but man the injury risk multiplies even though we haven't seen it quite yet from these guys so Lamar Kyler uh whether it's uh uh Trey Lance or Justin Fields, it's mm-hmm. going to be a huge deal when it does finally happen. And at some point it will happen because if you're getting hit a lot, you're going to get hurt. Yeah, that's probably a much bigger conversation than we have time for. But this isn't the first batch of athletic quarterbacks we've ever seen. You know, I mean, RG3 had a lot of injury concerns and didn't protect himself nearly as well as Kyler mm-hmm. or Lamar. Cam Newton, we, we just talked yeah. about. I mean, he ran the ball like Mike Allstott. I mean, he didn't avoid contact at all. He initiated. He was the biggest guy in the field. And I remember having conversations four or five years ago concerning Newton. Would you reel him in and have him stop running? Or do you just let him beat himself to death and keep him in his best version and use his best assets? And I think that's a really difficult conversation, especially after you highly invest in these guys. So. Like, I think Josh Allen's an interesting one. You know, Lamar and Kyler certainly are. But Josh Allen is more the Newton version where he yes. doesn't avoid contact. And they just gave him money. I would mandate it from above from the ownership to say, man, you're, you're running style and percentage of runs needs to change a little. You know, a little. We still want you to be Josh Allen, but... Oh, don't be a wrecking ball all the time. You know, like we need to reel that in a little bit. And then there's some purist in me that thinks Lance Fields, and I guess this goes for, you know, uh, Lamar and uh, Kyler as well as they develop, is it's wonderful that the league has embraced that these guys can get through and be very effective and even MVPs as they become pocket passers. But deep down, I think you have a four- or five-year rookie contract. And by the end of that, if you're not a pretty refined pocket passer to be the bread and butter of what you do, investing in you is going to be a little tough for me. You know, if I've given you four or five, and like RG3 never really got there, Kaepernick's a hard one to talk about because all the odd things that went around him. And it brings you back to Lamar a little bit because as a pocket passer, 
He's not super fundamentally sound, you know, will he ever be, but he's at the height of his powers, you know, so uh, basically I think you still have to win from the pocket and that's a little old school way of thinking, but if I can give you four or five years to get there, then when we're talking. Yeah, that's, there's so many angles it's, to that question. Yeah, I didn't mean to, uh, to ask that because, yeah, we don't have time to go fully into it, but um, I just see it coming on the horizon. Someone's going to get hurt, and then yep. we're going to have to have that conversation a little bit further around the league. Without question. It's definitely coming. Used Goat says, with a few teams maybe using two quarterbacks in some manner, would you roster a third quarterback just to keep them on the practice squad considering the practice squad rules are similar to last season? Hopefully... Uh, a slash reference is made. And it, it kind of ties into that with like, maybe Baltimore should be a little bit higher on who they bring in as a backup. And maybe Cam is the perfect person there to do that because you have to have some contingencies if your quarterback is going to be carrying the ball a lot. Uh, that's uh, that's interesting. And I wonder if we'll see more two quarterbacks around the league if it continues to be successful for teams. Yeah, it's a good conversation. Um, I've talked about it a lot with Baltimore I don't think a lot of quarterbacks or free agent wide receivers are super psyched about going to that system. But if you are a runner that's having a hard time catching on and we do things different here that fits your skill set, come on in. Great. But the other thing I've talked about with Baltimore, I would have, I would almost draft an athletic quarterback in the fifth and sixth round, like every year, you know, just a, a really good athlete. Maybe some of them are even returners for you, things like that, or gadgety, Taysom Hill-type guys. I just want that well to be very deep, and especially with expanded practice squads, it wouldn't bother me at all to keep four total. That doesn't mean you have to have you know more than two active on game day, but I'm going to spin it back to the Steelers real quick because they're known for keeping three, even before the practice squads were expanded, and they're going to keep Rudolph, Haskins, and Ben. But I also think with the bigger practice squads, keeping Josh Dobbs makes a lot of sense. And I'm bringing them up because I know them better, but other teams are in this situation too. And the reason I said that is Dobbs is older than the other two backups and has Ben's ear. He's a rocket scientist. He's unbelievably smart and is well-respected in the locker room, but isn't ever going to be a starting quarterback. But if I had 16 guys on my practice squad... Don't I have space space for a fourth quarterback who's way different than Haskins, Rudolph, and Ben that can run the scout team when I play Baltimore twice a year? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. who who's Lamar in practice for Steelers Ravens week? And you know, it's not Rudolph, it's not Haskins. Yeah, definitely not gonna be receiver. Haskins. <laughs> right. Well, I I and I almost look at it the other way with these big practice squad rosters, doesn't it allow you to keep only two quarterbacks because you know you can have a quarterback or even two on the practice squad and you can bring them up if you need to and they can stay with the team and practice all year with you as well. So it almost gives you the opportunity to not carry the third on the regular roster and you can carry a player that might actually see some playing time. No, no, that's 100% true. Um, A big thing last year the teams did here and there too was they kept kickers and punters and things because... They couldn't get a new one on a flight quick enough if their kicker got COVID on yeah. Thursday. You know what I mean? That's all interesting. Uh, I, I want to move this along because we have time to get to, or we're pretty much out of time, but this last question will help out our competitors in the Peacock and Williamson Fantasy League. So uh, one more little lie. bit of information I'm for them. lie so much. This one from Kaz Kaz on Twitter. He said, could you share your general drafting strategy or logistics, and we don't have to go deep into this, but he says, basically, 
Do you have your rankings printed? Do you cross players off as they're drafted? Uh, do you have a must-have players list? Just some general stuff when you go into a draft. How do you go about it? How How is Matt Williamson drafting? What is your setup on your desk on draft day? I'm looking at it right now. A 2021 M-Dub Fantasy Ranks Excel spreadsheet. Not surprising you know, with my, my spreadsheets here. And I look at it every day and I tweak it every day. And then I get to game day and I don't follow it exactly. I think I will, but I don't. You know, when you're on the clock, uh, you really make your decisions. And, and I definitely have that in, in mind. Um, I have philosophies for sure. I've always been the late round QB guy, but I'm open to the fact that having one of those top five or so is a major advantage. And I hate playing against the teams that have Kyler and Allen and Jackson. Um, I'm usually a running back heavy guy for sure. But I was just talking about this on my Steelers show yesterday. They're dropping left and right. Does that mean those top dozen you know, running backs or so are more valuable now because there's fewer of them. There used to be 15 of them or whatever. Or does that just mean we're going to overvalue the Chris Carson's, David Montgomery's, Gus Edwards that are not great football players? You know, like I have a problem using a third round pick on a guy that would only start for 10 teams in the league. You know, Gus Edwards mm -hmm. or Chris, you know what I mean? Like, He's not that good at the game, <laughs> and I'm using, I'm taking him over Julio Jones. You know, like that rubs me a little wrong. Right, and it adds credence to the zero running back strategy. Where you say, "Well, screw that. I'm going to make mm -hmm. my team studly everywhere else." And then by the end of the year, with attrition, I'll probably have really good running backs at some point too. Yeah, and I am. I used to laugh at the zero running back idea. I'm more open to it now. You take a lot of Tony Pollards and AJ Dillon's, and you hope the starter gets hurt. But have you heard the hero running back strategy? Is that where you take the the top guy and then you fade him? So then it's, you zero, it's kind of yeah. yeah. It's basically instead of a zero, it's like a one running back system. You mm -hmm. take Cook or whoever, and then you wait, 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 and throw a bunch of darts and hope you hit on one. Interesting. Uh, I think uh, one of one of us might be employing that very strategy. Tonight Makes in our fantasy football draft. I don't want to say too much more. We ran out of time, unfortunately, on this podcast, so we can't talk about what I'm going to be doing in the fantasy football draft, but it's going to be fun. We'll talk a little bit about it tomorrow. We'll Thanks to all the listeners out sure. there, and there might be an opportunity for some listeners to jump in in some competition with Williamson and I coming up. More information on that. Not a fantasy league, but maybe a, a pick -em, maybe a pool coming to a Peacock and Williamson podcast in the works. near yep. you. More information on that. We'll continue to cover cuts, rookie quarterbacks, everything going on in the NFL, getting ready for the 2021 regular season right here. Peacock and Williamson.